get all our friends around us and we'll sing a song together. I want these people, my body, my body, 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 podcast my name is steve mcmurray and i'm with fiona barnett and this is a new podcast that we're starting together uh, fiona do you want to tell us a little bit more about pedos down under and pedos down under radio and what it's all about well as a bit of a joke i uh used the title pedophiles down under when i did a bit of a uh web page last year well i actually did it a, i think i did it in about when i went to the royal commission about 2013 and i went public to protect myself and my family and so I used that title and then when I, I decided when I went before the press conference in Sydney last year when Bill Heffernan got up and said that there are a number of VIP pedophiles that he had information on from the police and there was a prime minister's name on that list and all that sort of thing I decided to bring the website up again and it was just easy to go with the old name And then after I appeared in that press conference last November 2015, well, I kind of went nuts on social media and now I'm stuck with that name. (laughs) And uh, it's become, as Nikki Davis says, uh, it's become my brand. (laughs) So we, that's it. Yeah, we're stuck with that one. So we figured, well, we'll just name the radio show Pedos Down Under Radio. And we've decided to do our own show, haven't we, because... Well, I've done quite a number of interviews and, and you you um, had your Virgin interview, didn't you, recently? And uh, and you must have enjoyed that a lot. So uh, you've taken to it like a duck to water, really. This is um, going to be the first episode, obviously. Now, your pedophile stand under website has exposed a lot of pedophiles and we aim to do the same with this um, radio um, show and podcast. People have a lot to look forward to there. But not only that, we'll have... Vic, uh, I guess, very interesting guests on who sometimes may be victims. Um, And we aim to educate people about this story, how they've dealt with it, and uh, how that information can hopefully help victims as well. There's multiple things that we're trying to achieve from this, but um, mainly, I think one of the things that will really be done is an expose on the New World Order from an Australian perspective and from the cult of pedophiles perspective. So um, it'll, we'll learn more about it that way. Um, yeah, today we uh, sat down and spent a bit of time with Tim Roy. Uh, Tim's authored a few books. One of them is uh, Little Tim, Big Tim. And he is a victim of the VIP pedo ring in Sydney that uh, I was a victim of. And he also has served Australia in the SAS. And... He is one of those who said to me, yeah, I've, when, when I've posted a lot of his stuff and uh, his response to that was, oh, I've got my voice back. And it's very important for victims to feel as though they have a voice. Otherwise, you find victims' mental health declines quite rapidly if they shut down and they feel frustrated and as though they can't say anything. But the opposite happens if they are, if they, allowed to voice what's happened to them if they're allowed to just talk about it and feel as though they're being heard it's very healing it's instantaneous the the sense of relief and healing and that's what you'll you'll see in this you know interview we did with with tim 
Wouldn't you agree? Steve? Absolutely. Uh, it was a great interview. Um, after we've done it, I could really see a difference on um, on Tim's face, and it was really good for him. That's what mm. makes me happy about it. In a way, that's that's success for me and what I have to do with this podcast. But um, there'll be many more to come, and many more interesting guests, and a lot of information, and a lot of people exposed over the coming podcasts. Yeah, we uh, really um, took down two GB in this episode, so yeah. uh, I don't like this one. <laughs> Where? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're all. I think the three of us better better install um, camcorders in our cars after today's little little yeah. interview. I'll be looking over my shoulder, that's for sure. We're all going to. Think gets popular, we're all dead. Yeah, that's right. We're going to update our wheels. So no, it's good. I mean, it was a bit the the it was a, a different sort of interview. I've never done something like that, and. Uh, um, there's some funny moments and I think we just all, I think we sort of acted as though we we're all sitting around having a drink at the pub, to be honest. Yeah, it wasn't really a, <laughs> it was. It's a friendly chat, yeah. It's a very friendly chat and <laughs> got out of hand at times, but it all came good in the end. We'll just see how it goes. There'll be times when we can't really have a chat like that with, with guests, but this you can with Tim. He's, he's a funny guy too. He's got a good sense of humor. Welcome to Pedos Down Under Radio. We're calling it that mainly because, as Nikki Davis said, that's our brand now. <laughs> so I, I started the name Pedophiles Down Under just like as a joke, and uh, it's stuck. So it's going to be on my gravestone now. But um, this is. Well, like you can a... have that. <laughs> <laughs> you, they'll just never find your body. <laughs> there won't be a gravestone. I had to see. My people <laughs> in the future put parcel on their gravestones. <laughs> pedophiles under pay- stress. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's his catch. I, I don't use pedophiles. I find that the um, public hates the word. Right? They shut mm. down. I don't think. Da, 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 right? It's just, mm. it's just too much for them. Right? Mm. So we, as people who want to be respected, we need to be respectful, and we need to understand that is a calamity between all types, conditional types. Christian types, locals, internationals. The word pedophile does not officially help people who are trying to fight them. Mm. So, no, so that's unfortunate it. that we chose that as our name. Yeah, that's your name. We better tell everyone who, but, what anyway, his name is. Have an introduction. P-U-S. Pedophiles under stress when they're alive. And as for my old man and all his mates, pedophiles under surface, pus, <laughs> dead or alive. That's what he likes. So everyone, this is Tim Roy. Yeah. Um, Tim's the author of two books. Uh, one is uh, Little Tim, Big Tim, and the other one has switched me off. Now, Little Tim, Big Tim. No, verbal. Oh, verbal. Yeah. yeah, okay. Well, Little Tim, Big Tim is about um, Tim's experience of a VIP pedophile ring in Sydney. It's the same ring that abused me. And um, his experience of ritual abuse also at the hands of some big names. And then uh, the other book, Switch Me Off, is about Tim's experiences uh, serving in the Australian SAS. And do you want to just tell people, because there will be people from England and America who don't know what that Special Forces branch is. All right. Just... I'm very well aware that the um, the letters SAS itself put in a search can bring up my stuff. So I don't label it 
as they say this. In Australia, for those people who want to know what I'm talking about, I refer to it, the lads in the West, myself in the West, or the West. West Australia being understanding what West is. And that allows myself not to feel like I'm engaging men who've done their time for their country to actually be pulled into this sort of stuff because I'm not being smart enough not to make sure that searches don't go looking for them in this comment. So I don't use it. And I talk to all my friends. I was in the West. Over in the West, we did this. And I'll leave it at that. And the SAS is one of the most elite military units in Australia, like it is uh, overseas. And uh, I mean, anyone who serves in that, in, in my opinion, is an Australian hero. They give up so much to the country. They are one of the best defences we have. And um, no one can argue with that. So, you know, that, that's, that's really amazing. You know, that's a real success of yours. Yeah. yeah, I also think that, of course, we live with um, what I will say, pus in charge. We have an incompetence now between the military and the army. That's why the cafe that went off in Sydney was rubbish. Oh, the Link Cafe siege. I had a chat. I've got a friend who was in that siege, and I know some of the inside information about that siege, and it was just disgusting. I mean... I kept on saying when I saw it, I knew someone was dead the moment they went in there and started. How many bullets did they, how many rounds of bullets just like, <laughs> you know? It, it, and, it was like watching a bunch of kids handing up at the, at the firing range with live rounds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like watching that chicken in the shopping centre, you know, pulling her gun to save herself and, and, and injuring three people <laughs> with ricochets. Yeah. <laughs> they don't know how to use them. Don't give it to them. <laughs> no, the, the police are notoriously bad shots because they're not taught. They, they, they don't have enough training. They, they haven't had the training from the beginning. No, you'd, you'd have to put police on 12-hour shifts to actually get a competent police force because mm. then that third shift can go to training mm. and we can actually feel safe that they actually do draw mm. their weapons. But presently, they and... Um, well, he... He was very much a staunch, you know, anti-terrorist, no, no, no boats, nonsense, all that sort of thing, right? But he neglected to tell the future Prime Minister that he's actually allowed to pass the emergency action, which happened at the, the cafe, the Link Cafe. He's actually allowed to pass that, pass that information and responsibility to the military. So we have, a, we have a Liberal Party that is actually hiding information from each other and getting Australians killed. Mm. Because they could have called the SAS and taken that guy out in five minutes. Oh, yeah. They had a clear shot through the window. <clears throat> and it's not like chocolate cafes no. routinely put up bulletproof glass. So, <laughs> Yeah, they could have shot right through that real easily. And, uh, the, boys, the boys had done six hours rehearsals and not got used. Mm. And then when, when we do rehearsals, we do it. Right? It's just go, 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 go until you get on the chopper to go do the job. Because this is no call. And this is what the Australian public needs to know. You're allowed to call your military to save your civilians. Mm. And I can say that, Steve, because I created a bloody fiasco when I came out and told them they were training with automatic weapons over in the West. That's what caused the, the, the actual, um, you know, the conspiracy I own today was trying to cover that up. Mm. I'm out Australia has a conspiracy and tells people about it. <laughs> so, what don't, Tim, why don't you tell people, um, just because there are people who haven't read your book, and there are people who need just a very basic background. So why don't you tell them just a little bit about your childhood and where you grew up, and then we'll go into your VIP abusers and your experiences of ritual abuse in Sydney. I've got the book, Little Tim, Big Tim, 
that, that is, you know, evidential reference, I feel, no problems there. I've got this statement from the police. They actually believe me, like I was bounced from the Royal Commission to the police. Spent four days over two years telling the top the, you know, the story about VIPs. Presently, I'd like to just keep those things in house and, and let's just work on that little area there because my life has gone. Too many stories. Exactly. And I don't want to overwhelm people. The best way to explain um, how to deal with these when you have mental health issues is that the police want you to come from the younger age forward, right? And when it, when that happened to me, that all all of that content itself started dredging up other things mm. from the police. But I couldn't give them that as an evidence because it was still scattered in my mind. And I have always been a proponent that I put honesty down in front of me, and you can go and chase it up, you can smash it, you can bring it up against the people. And I'll tell you, there's not a pedophile in this country that I'm is better than me. I've lived my life, an honourable life, just so I can say that to people, mm. right? So basically, the people you're protecting are mere men to me. They haven't achieved shit. All they've done is made a billion dollars out of stealing from Australians. Mm. Whereas at least I know I'm going to be great with honour and I can help Australians understand that about themselves and find a way to honour this situation. And that is protect children. Mm. Protect Children and the vulnerable. Nurture children and the vulnerable. As an adult, that is the only responsibility you have on this earth. As a male, you're meant to protect. As a female, you're meant to nurture. If you're getting both of those sorted out, you're running the show. Tell us about you, your dad. And he, well, he my old man, Derek, didn't he? Yeah, well, we'll start with Derek. My old man worked with, um, I believe, Gordon Moyes and him worked together as guards. And in that role, they were VIP procurers. Oh, procurers. Yeah. Okay, so within his social club, which was the Freemasons, he decided that he was, he was engaged by the Freemasons to run around and bring children in for rituals. Now, he brought me in because I, as they will say in the Christian world, was special. <laughs> and the only reason I was special is because I forgot, right? I dissociated. I learned to just not let that happen the next day. Right? Whatever happened there didn't happen to me. It happened to my brother. My brother would tell you it happened to him. My other brother would tell him it happened to him. To me, I don't know what fairyland you're in. It didn't happen to me. Because my brain needed to dissociate it. So it was too overwhelming. Now, Tim, um, when you say Freemasons, um, I do know what you mean. Fiona's um, talked to me about this before. I guess we're talking about um, a criminal organisation here. Not just, I guess, I, am I right in saying it's not just Freemasons, but it's other people as well that are connected by criminal... Now, see, what happened, Steve, is I found the diaries of my fathers. Yep. And they were letters to John Law, like I say that, because, well, like I said, I'm going to say, whatever I said on the statement, all right? Single is plus one. Laws is plus two. Jones is plus three. Right, went to the ABC while James was going on the Q&A, left him a note, said, look, this is wrong. Your integrity of your show is going to get whacked up. He's been known as pus by the police. Please believe me. And they still put him on. So that's what you're up against. Now, I was taken down there from the ages of five to ten into certain lodges and houses. What I told the police 
the house on the north shore had red concrete and white pillars. Remember that before going in, and it's always been in my head. Now, I know what happened when I went in there. I put it in my book. It's in the first part of my book. To the left, downstairs, and this room with people dressed in black and someone shoved an onion in my mouth. Prior to that, they give you a sweetie. That sweetie's always been a lace with LSD back in those days. So, as a child of five, here I am, smashed off my head on LSD, going through a rape ritual, and having no idea when I came out of it because someone hypnotised me or conditioning me behind that. When I was growing up, I found my father's um, embroidered apron. I got a flogging for that, and it stuck with me, right? So the next time, he actually um, delved into a, a um, insane abuse situation. I threw this that back at him. I said, you're a Freemason. Now, where that came from, I've got no idea. He was scared of me until he got me down to the lodge to get reprogrammed. He was scared of me. The club was scared of me. Because here I am at 11, 12, just telling everybody Freemasons are <laughs> in public. <laughs> You're before your time. <laughs> and then I, you know, down there to get brainwashed. Oh, I forgot again. And that's what, and that's how they actually managed their own safety and protection. Now, when I found the diaries was 99. Now, I can give a heads up to the poor old Freemasons out there. I think they're actually in for a long time if they joined up in the last 15 years. They're not. They've actually been designed to keep an eye on people like Fiona and myself. They'll cross our paths, we'll meet you. But if we met you and you haven't got anything to take back to them, you're not protected by them. I do believe that people haven't gone to this level. Oh yeah. Within within the FMs. I do believe. And I believe that those people need to be sort of a little bit nurtured, once again, you know, responsibility of a human being. A little bit nurtured to understand that's your it's your it's your club. And Derek, what was the role of Derek? Derek, Derek is a boys' home. Now Derek's interesting to me because I caught up with um, the story of John Stewart, who did the Whiskey A Go Go. Now you want to do some research on that. Now the Whiskey A Go Go was covered up by the police doing an incompetent action that night and killing fifteen people. Right? This is Australia's first mass murder in Brisbane, nineteen eighty-three, second of August, two oh eight. VIPs everywhere in this club, our VIPs from those days, big band, you know, all, all these sort of things that have actually had to be squashed because they wanted to blame somebody else who was on the Gold Coast at the time. Joe Bielke Peterson came out as the Premier and said, they are crims, they are the ones that did it, not before, not before a jury, not before a judge, not before anything, you know, broke the law. Right, but of course it's an FM, you know. But, it, but also, never get away with it. Queensland was a police state back then. No, oh, no, he was a police state after that. Mm. There wasn't a police state before that. Wasn't it? No. After that. No, they had to make it a police state after that because it was, they just had to cover it up. Because actually who did it, in my belief, is Rogerson and McNamara. Now, Rogerson and McNamara and you've been down there on Bay. Mm. Yeah, two of the people who don't know are watching the show. You can look them up. They're some of the most dirtiest, you know, uh, people involved well, with police. In South yeah. Australia, yeah. yeah. Well, Rogerson ran the pedo uh, brothels, the the boy brothels in um, Kings Cross. So he he ran 
He ran child trafficking in Sydney. Basically, he was the kingpin, you know, criminal thug behind it all. Connected right into all that. He had his finger in every single pie. Every single victim that I've spoken to, any of the, I've spoken now to so many boys who are prostituted in that area from the boys' homes like Derek and Minda and all this, they all name Rogerson. Yeah, okay, so Rogerson came across my path because I was looking at um, uh, Westbrook, which is a boys' home in Toowoomba, and this is where Stuart and all that. So you know the stuff that's going on in the Northern Territory? Well, that was going on, but obviously a lot of sexual abuse as well. The detention center. But the alignment was where when they came out, because they actually were going to get verbaled or forcefully arrested, so the criminal record would keep building. Mm. And I met these individuals, you know, 30 years after they've had this shit happen to them, they've had to be a criminal all their life mm. because the coppers couldn't, do the, couldn't be bothered doing their own time mm. for their own crime. Mm. So McNamara threatened to kill me, so I've got that. That was in my court case. Now, do I know who's a killer? No, I thought I was the only killer in the room. He said, everybody, yeah, we're here by ourselves. But, you know, if I knew he was a killer, I might have a different attitude, but no, it's pretty stupid. Just walked over the top of me, you know, back into the and that back into the room, and and you know that's to me. I am going to be totally honest about that and say I did not know who McNamara was when he threatened to kill me back in those days. Mm. I know who he is now because I saw a photo of him going into Long Bay. Mm. That's how our life works. We have to keep going backwards to actually get that connection. And Tim, just to clarify, the court case was an attempt by the government to set you up as a criminal, and you won that case. No, was, was that the one? It was an attempt by the police. The police. Yeah. yeah. The police were training um, over in the West with submachine guns, right? So when I went to my court case and they raided me, when the magistrate asked me what weapons do they have, and I said, who's this? He went, what? <laughs> I said, easy, I'll describe it, I'll break it down for you, I'll show you the measurements of the apartments, da, 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 da. right? And he's going, police Karen, easy, bang, that was it. You know, my court case was finished, I, I was acquitted at that point, but I've got to sit there now for another two days of constitutional law that no one knows about. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know that myself. I mean, I knew that police obviously didn't have automatic weapons and they didn't use them like that. But that's obviously a major thing, that was against the law. Oh, that's huge. Well, yeah. and, and I either want to cover that up. They won't yeah. cover it because I hunt, you know, I hunt people who are children. They're not going to cover yeah. stuff for me anymore. And as I said, everything's evidential in my world. You can actually find out the, um, well, I had Johnny Howard's crew um, not allow me to have a lifestyle for three years because I was asking Veteran Affairs for help after the choppers fell out of the sky in 96. But prior to that, that's 15 lads on you know, but prior to that, three of my best mates, when the boys were doing the um, the reconnaissance for the, for the exercise, I was informed, you know, three mates are dead. So, on my head, and I just I just am honest with people, right? When my world goes from black and white to grey, that's good understanding what PTSD feels like. You can get flooded, you know, you get, you get swamped. So, so, what? Just to clarify, Tim's now talking about the helicopter that went down in Townsville about twenty years ago, was it? And had all your mates on board. Two choppers. Two choppers went. Oh, they crashed, didn't they? Yeah. And you think it, there was something sinister about no, that? No, no, no. Or... Just dumb officers, mate. Oh, okay. <laughs> dumb pilots, <laughs> dumb generals. generals not dumb. Hey, there's no conspiracy here. They were yeah. just dumb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you've got a conspiracy, mate, you really have to work out what's going on, you know. Yeah. No, they're just incompetent. <laughs> yeah. And they can't help it. I mean, you know, if 
I don't know what you do, but you know, it's, let's just look at a lawyer, all right? If a lawyer goes for a university, they're not going to be actually thrown up in front of the big boys to actually deal with the, you know, the QCs and all that until another 10, 15 years, right? Mm-hmm. Expect them to get that nurturing and, and that understanding right. of their position and That's their fair. profession. Not the army, no, 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 no. We just take it straight out of school. We put them up with a sergeant in the, in the infantry. We actually hold their hands to teach them what they've got to know there, you know, and it's just... It's just illogical. And the amount of abuse that's going on in these academies, you could shut them down for five years and just employ people who actually have got four or five years military experience might be a good idea, who's the actual leaders. Yeah. And it's the only thing across the board, right? That, that if you've got a dentist, yes, you're doing a professional officer. If you've got an engineer, yes, you need a professional officer because they've got the brains to be an engineer. But putting people through four years of teaching them how to be a soldier... You can't do it unless they're actually being a soldier. So ultimately, yes, there's a, an issue with myself regarding how I was treated by the officers, but the boys in the West, mm. I remain loyal, trustworthy, and honest to them and have done exactly the same to me. Mm. You know, so, so is this connected with um, FMs? I don't know. Yeah. I know my life has been disrupted. Yeah. Why they disrupted it? Why did I have to have a criminal record when a clean bloody military record? You know, this is my whole thing. Design. It has been designed to make sure I haven't got a voice. It, it could very well make sense. I mean, um, the Australian military is based off Freemasonry. I think they have their own Freemasonic free lodges. I mean, you get advanced through the ranks if you're a member of that. Of course you do. Yeah, of course. And that's how it works. And, I mean, they need to keep secrets. Um, yeah. You know, military just by itself crosses over with military intelligence really closely. So it's all about secrets. It's all about... Who's got the most information? Who can one up the other person? I went to the Royal Commission well before everybody else did in regards to, you know, calling for it. And I had to be in front of APEC, Rotary, Lions, Zonta, um, Probus, yeah. all people motivated to get a Royal Commission yeah. in this And country. all those groups are connected. The FBS, my father's social club, invite me, you know. Yeah. No. If I was a good boy, I would have been one of them by now. Yeah, we'd all be rich and famous now if we'd just agreed to kill and rape kids, Tim. Uh, yeah, there's something wrong with that. Something this. wrong with that. Yeah. yeah. Now, back to Derek, because um, this is, you know, so All typical right, Derek, in the media at the moment. Derek has big steel gates back in those days and, and big stone squares holding the gates up, okay? You drive up and, and the accommodation was on the top and their, um, you know, their farms and their fields were down there. Now, my memory of James Laws and Singleton at Derek on social outings is as I told the police, they were there. They took boys from there and myself to homes, to sexualities, which are supposed to be under the guise that we are having a time out with the boys and we're doing the best thing for them, but they weren't. They were just raping us, so you know. And there's also there's there's other people who've come forward at Derek with the same experiences yeah. that the piece came in there. People can look that up. Fiona's covered that, and um, I mean this is the thing. There's so much. There's so much guilt there by these people that they're doing everything to cover it up. And they know they're stuffed when someone like Tim comes out, like yourself, and exposes them. With all the other people that have come forward, I mean, everyone needs to ask themselves, why isn't anything being done? Yeah, I'll give you a confirmation for the listeners. With, with Derek, I, I have found that I've actually been very, um, not only protected, but given education and um, people's experiences have given me education that's allowed me to sort of piece things together. 
Now, my first sponsor in the 12-step program actually stabbed my father. <laughs> he was getting raped by him and he stabbed him, you know. How do you find that person in the world? But I'm sure I can find him. Uh, we have, uh, we as people who go through this stuff, if we keep committed to keeping children safe, the universe just keeps giving us enough information for the public to start to get educated that mm. you don't have to believe in these people. Mm. Yeah, They're billionaires. Well, they stole a billion dollars of Australians. They haven't done anything else. That's all they've done. And they're just drug traffickers like Kerry Packer was just a heroin trafficker. Mm. I'm not putting me down to that. <laughs> no, I agree. I am. I look at Ted McLean. I think that's on Wikipedia. Drugs don't abuse people. No, 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 no. Um, now, there's another story, isn't there, and which I remember you telling me, which is the brother that was fostered from Derek, who went missing oh, one no. day. No, we're going back. We're going to Ballarat. Oh, that's Ballarat. Oh God. Uh, once again, I'm in Sydney. So we're in Ballarat and all the Pell things going off and the Ballarat, da 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 da. My old man and Pell probably kissed each other. That's how much they liked each other, right? Pell kissed a lot of we, we, us. We see, we, we see big Pell moving around, mate. Don't you worry about that. Pell, <laughs> I'll just say, just I don't know if you know this, but I'm in contact with um, some victims who are Pell victims. Police are taking their witness statements against Pell being a pedophile himself. These guys have been told by Victorian police that they've got him. They've got Pell. They've got. They're inundated with victims coming forward for the last. Welcome it was you. well, not just then, but since yeah. a couple of weeks ago when two guys appeared on Seven Thirty Report or something talking about being raped by Pella's kids. So since then, so in the last couple of weeks, it's just they're just inundated. They've just got no room. You know, they've got such a lineup of guys to make listener statements. But go on, Tim. Yeah, my brother. Was born in Ballarat. Nice bit of evidence. <laughs> Taken away from the home, but I don't think I missed out on my brother being born. So yeah. I'm in Ballarat. Three to four, I'm in Ballarat. Now, this shit starts at five, and they won't go, you know, they may go earlier, you know, depends on how sick they are. But the law back in New South Wales, where we were, was that children could not give evidence after 10 years old, uh, before 10 years old, right? It's changed, that's changed. The Sex Crime Unit in New South Wales, prison. Absolute, full on. Think there's some coppers out there that you can actually believe in. And there is. There's uh, good coppers out there, and I've spoken to There is great coppers. They're not all infiltrated. And no. they're so frustrated, aren't they, working with all we, these You know who I know a good cop? He's the one who smiles at me and waves at me because <laughs> he's happy about what I'm doing. <laughs> you know what the big one does? He just snarls. <laughs> you know what I do when he snarls? I walk past him and go, thanks for the energy. I'll use that wisely and walk off. Too good for They them. must hate us. <laughs> they must hate us. Yeah. Oh, they love us. So Ballarat. Oh, Ballarat, um, three years old. So how long was I there? Five, maybe. Maybe you know. Maybe I started earlier. But I was born in your lawn, right? So it's a bit of a difference where I was born. But that's obviously a melting pit for Pell as well. Because my old man and Pell, they used to farm out the foster kids to the Christians. This is the question, not only for the FMs. But also for the Ballarat community, for anybody who wants to understand that my little brother Joey, who's probably two years older than me, who's five in Ballarat, is missing. I've asked my mum in the past when she's been crying over his photo, where is he? Where's Joey? Oh, he went back. Now, if the social security records want to actually prove that to me and then introduce me to my 
foster brother that I took away, then I'll, you know, I'll, I'll behave myself. But presently, you're looking like another child's gone missing in this pedophile ring. Joey Horsball was his name. So we, we leave Ballarat, Ballarat's filth. Right. Okay, so we're in Ballarat, we now move to um, Queanbeyan, Canberra, back and forth. Now you've got, you got Canberra, different state. That was abusing Queanbeyan. New South Wales, New South Wales legislation. In the future, Gordon Moyes, the pus has taken his life because I'm on his ass. Has written legislation for the New South Wales because he's a New South Wales legislator. Gordon Moyes is, I'll just clarify, he was an evangelical so called Christian uh, pastor. And um, I actually knew Gordon Moyes. Um, he used to come up and do these crusades, he used to travel the country doing crusades. And um, he came up to Tweetheads Church of Christ, which I call Tweetheads Church of Satan because it was infiltrated completely by Freemasons. They were all on the board. Uh, the pastor was good at the time. Uh, uh, Murray Peeper, he was actually a genuine guy and the church got rid of him, sacked him because they didn't like the fact that he was actually preaching the Bible properly. So they got rid of him but uh, it was around that time when Murray Peeper was there that uh, yeah I had lunch with Gordon Moyes and he used to come up and do these crusades and everything and he was held within Church of Christ and other you know denominations, Protestant denominations, he was hailed as this great respectable man but He's one of, um, he's, he was just nothing but a kitty rapist. Well, he was my mate, uh, sorry, my father, my father's mate, an FM, no doubt. And he didn't need a ritual, he didn't need a building, he just got me over to his place because they were fixing up cars doing rallies back in those days. And I'd get raped just inside the, you know, the room inside the laundry, not the laundry itself because people were here. But, you know, they're very effective in what they do. You normally gag before you even get anywhere. You know, so that's the first thing they're going to do is shut your mouth up if you're going to go through that. Gordon Moyes, he, under the guise of the church, purchased 2GB radio station in Sydney. He stole it. Stole it. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're good Christian men, these men. He, he, he stole it, right? And then he was sweaty, so Singleton took it off him, right? Now, Singleton's been sweating since I decided to turn up and tell the truth, mm -hmm. right? So, yeah. And he's actually, I went to the Sydney Morning Herald to tell my story, you know. I like to pass USBs over. Because once it's in, it's in the cloud. <laughs> Can't burn the cloud. And I do it for the future kids, mate. You know, I do it for future adults who can actually go to the cloud and go, you can't say that. that that's the, it's all evidence. Mm. You know? But let's look, let's just have a quick overview of who works at 2GB radio station and who has. So it, it was bought by Gordon Moyes. His, no, he stole it from the church. He stole it, sorry, it was stolen it, by Gordon Moyes. Yeah. And then it was sold to John Singleton. No, it wasn't sold, was it? it was just passed over. It was passed over to John Singleton, another one of your perpetrators. Yeah. And then commentators at 2GB have been uh, John Laws. Bus, Gordon Moyes was a, was a, bus, was a commentator bus there. four. Announcer. Um, <laughs> Alan Jones is an Plus announcer. Three. Roger Clemson. Clemson. Roger Clemson. Clemson. He was also right. at Two GB Radio. Do you remember the carbon copy books? Have you ever seen them in your lifetime? You fresh young oh, face, young man. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't know that. <laughs> you mean? Yeah. Don't worry, he doesn't know. With a carbon copy, you know? Yeah, yeah, right. I know what you mean. Yeah. In books. the old days, Steve. He had six yeah. books. Six books of laws letters. And what were these letters? What was in these letters? Right. Now, we're dealing with, once again, you're dealing with um, the FMs, and the FMs have a very comfortable understanding that they've been communicating a, a lot different 
to everybody else for hundreds and hundreds of years, right? They've had a particular code. And in, in Australia, their particular code has always been based on, I belief, a book that my father had with his six books of, you know, empty half-page, uh, sorry, one-page carbon copies to plus two. And this code itself, I don't know, if you, you know, if you're going to go and um, look up an Egyptian hieroglyphic wall, there <laughs> might be some of that in there. If you go and look up a, you know, a, a Scotsman's um, dialect a hundred years ago, there might be something in that in there. But it's fairly comfortable for someone who's trained by cipher in the West, third best in the world when I left it. Fairly easy for us to be able to say, yep, yeah, I can make some sort of understanding. Well, I can see understanding of what you're saying, uh, Tim, because you know, when we see all these uh, big names and they're all at 2GB, and especially Gordon Moyes being involved with like the Uniting Church and the Wesley Methodist Church, that's very interesting because the 2GB or 2GB's history starts with the Theosophical Society. Viewers who aren't aware of the Theosophical Society, in my opinion, and what I've researched, that's a Luciferian organization. It is based on Freemasonry. It is highly occult. It is connected into all the occult groups as like a learning hub. And what you just said then is confirmation back to me that I may have discovered this by verbal or by watching people's behavior, but you actually understand that this is where it's actually come from. Yeah, now the book that had there is called the School of a School of Philosophy, New South Wales School of Philosophy. Originally, it was called the School of Economic Science. Now, that book's a key. Everybody knows if you're going to do cipher, you're going to have to find another source where they keep the key, where they actually keep that, that sort of understanding. Now, my father's dumb, and he highlighted and underlined, more than highlight, he underlined particular, particular places which made me feel that I'm confident in deciphering. And you know what I was deciphering? Not only, you know, 30 years of pedophilia in this country, and this, the next thing that makes me just absolutely disgusting is that they're monitoring my lifestyle, my oh, yeah. checkers in the regiment because I was scared, and they should be. <laughs> and they would because they've got a lot to hide. And going back to 2GB and the Theosophical Society, that actually started out in this, um, what they actually called the occult um, forcing house of the Southern Hemisphere. So all occult groups um you know from you know 1900 onwards and it was built around you know 1920 i think and they all gathered there so you had the heads of freemasonry heads of satanic organizations you had the heads of all these dodgy groups um meeting there and it's very interesting because it was actually created by a guy who was obviously the head of the theosophical society at that time he was charles webster Ledbetter, and people can look him up he was a pedophile and he was into black magic and he was initiated into satanic organizations. So you got this pedophile Satanist who created the um, area or the, the company and a part of the Theosophical Society that housed 2GB and created it with yeah. the sole purpose of theosophizing Australia, basically yeah. propaganda out there for people to worship everything else but Christianity. And support and pedophiles. Yeah, the media, the they are. Yeah. They are media enablers. And I took that term from a, a top journalist in, a, in America who feels shame that they didn't report on the Cosby rapes many years before, you know, Cosby was charged. And he said, we have been 
Cosby Media Enablers and 2GB are VIP pedophiles media enablers. And, and that's the same as ABC Media Watch. Got Alex Jones on there still today and he's been outed as a pedophile for how many he was charged in England for procuring a 14-year-old kid in a toilet or something. Oh, he's a rat bag, that guy. <laughs> Everyone knows it. Yeah, I, I have to be fair with the Theosophical Society. They they owned it. They owned 2GB for a while. That was really up to about 20 years. But, you know, they sold it off apparently, but the connections and employees were still there. And they held programs, Theosophical Society programs, on 2GB long after that. The fact that it then got bought by the Wesleyan Methodist Church, I have to give some background on that. The, the OTO, now I'm not su suggesting they're any part of this, people can do their own research and make up their own mind. That, and, and, and other groups like the um, like occult and, and um, uh, Freemasonry um, really started off in a building in Sydney um, that, that was previously owned by the Wesleyan Methodist Church. Now, the Methodist Church was started by a Freemason. His, uh, his grand, grandson was a Freemason. Yeah, people well, that up. That was John Wesley. Church now, Methodist and Presbyterian? It's a complex history. Start up as the Methodist <laughs> Church, then it sort of branched out and you got, it's part of different groups, but you know, it, it's basically Methodism branched out into, um, oh, into the Uniting Church uh, prior to that, it, you know, it became like the Wesleyan. There was, sort of yeah, group. there was two, Uniting is a com was a combination of two different denominations, I thought. Yeah, and um, Presbyterian. It was my understanding. I've been corrected by John, I think, before. But anyway. Yeah, I don't know. So, yeah, even the group that, um, say, Gordon Moyes. So, you know, Gordon Moyes was head of, um, you know, involved with the Uniting Church and, and Wesley Mission, part of the, you know, previously the Methodist Church of Australia. Connected in with Freemasonry. It's connected here with occult groups and the start of occult groups and, and occult Freemasonry here in Australia. And then it... Uh, you know, after a while, it then acquires 2GB or a large part in it, you know, this, this, this church group. And so, you know, it's interesting to see that, it, you know, it was apparently sold off and then it became, you know, acquired by this group with similar connections into that sort of, you know, occult stuff. So, I mean, people can see that the connection's still there. It may not be there as strong today, but certainly it gave, you know, an opportunity for these people to use that as a network and be involved with that. So with the Wesley House, the Wesley House in Sydney? I actually met a lad who was kept there from the age of 11 to 11, 13 months. And so he was there for three months. And my father, Moyes, and plus one, two, and three were apparently visitors back in those days. Now, he's the same age as me, so that would have been back in the 70s, 80s. Mm -hmm. Kept there for three months by FM and their crew. So if you want... Testimony, I'm pretty sure it'll poke his head up. We discussed it and we do believe it's definitely my father and definitely Moyes and definitely um, plus two. And Roger Clemson, by the way, continued this legacy of being involved in Christian radio and Christian media because he got an Order of Australian Medal and he was involved in uh, Hope, which is the, big, the biggest Christian radio station in Sydney. So he pretended to be a Christian, you know, right up until he got the Order of Australian Medal, and and he was he was the manager, the head executive or something of that Hope Channel. So there, it's unreal, isn't it? Getting on radio, they love telling everyone that you know oh, it's okay. How to live their lives. Yeah. Yes.
This is where we recondition them, okay? Brain only needs any any adequate time. Brain needs three to four days before it actually goes, I don't want to kill myself anymore. I want to live here, da 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 right? Yeah. So I've said to you, I say to the plus one, two, three listeners and those who have been influenced by him, don't listen to them for three days straight. <laughs> when you have finished that three days, turn them on yeah. and see how you truly feel about that voice coming through to you. Mm. If it's past, turn it off. The propaganda's there. And it's... Somebody said that John Singleton was married to Liz Hayes of 60 Minutes. Yeah, Liz Hayes is, a, is definitely someone who's going to get burnt by all this. Definitely. Yeah. She's been protected far too much. She did that one where um, you were over the other side of DY, the DY minister, and he was a ped, but he was actually put in front by the ministry to actually stand up and go, you know, and Liz went and got... Some people who had DID, like myself, right? And um, embarrassed them, absolutely made fucking grievances out of them. So there's consequences for that. You don't, you, you don't hurt the vulnerable, it's just silly. <laughs> and that's the thing. I mean, the Uniting Church, which Gordon Moises, I think, was the only official church in Australia that was really pushing the idea of false memories. David Milliken was one of their leaders. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. and David Milliken was, I think he's an all right guy. I've got him connected to a couple of Satanists in my, you know, sort of research, but he, That's I don't right. know if he was just a, just a, uh, you know, a willful idiot, but he was leading the Australian False Memory Association, which was just like the CIA's one in America, which discredited all victims of ritual abuse, mind control and sexual abuse and said, oh, look, Tim, your memories, they're all made up. You can't recall them. You can't remember what happened to you. We call those phrase bombs. Yeah. <laughs> or word bombs. Exaggerate. Exactly. Yeah, they got something to hide and they protect the same people. Yeah. We've given a general overview of most of the main areas, I reckon. One, one thing I do want to say about the diaries, mate. There is a list of 30 names on my father's diary on, on, on the cover, right? And he is actually from the top. That's why I call him plus one. You've got Singleton, Laws plus two, Jones plus three, Moyes plus four, Clemson plus five. There are the five names there that he was blackmailing my father for a million dollars each. Huh. I wonder if they remember that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's basically what kicked me off. And then I took um, to Aska. Aska was um, Liz Manila's um, outfit back in those days. Yep. And they offered to put it in a safe for me. But I did, and I'm, you know, it was just one of those situations I felt that there was too much anti-male energy revolving around the fact that, you know, males are starting to come out and tell their story, and, you know, it was a female domain for so long. Yeah, it was. You know, so I dealt with that and, and took them back. Now, I got in a physical fight with my brother over that. Yep. And um, left the place not knowing what was going to happen to the diary, so I walked away. Just went right. It's not worth, you know, it's not worth me bashing my older brother in front of his teenage kids. You know, so, yeah. so you know, and I'm not a person that gets into violence easily at all. You know, but this one, it did fire up that way, and he just yelled out, "Oh, I bloody burnt them!" Mm. So as far as I understand, from that night on, they've been burnt. So I carry the information. And only people can do. And Liz Mullen carries the information, but Liz. Oh, yeah, Mulliner, I mean, 
this is the thing. Now, Liz, let's just say Liz Mullinar, when the police, you can see from his statement that Liz Mullinar did not uh, support Tim Roy to the police yeah. regarding the content of those diaries or the, even their existence. She just didn't write at all. Why would and, she? Um, why would she refuse to comment from what I read? And this is the thing. I mean, Liz Mullinar, she popped up in my investigation of Fiona's story. One, mainly because she gave Nicole Kidman the chance of a career in startup. She casted her in her first show and basically promoted her. Yeah. But more than that, I mean, she was connected into, you know, the theatre group and was actually the head of the theatre group that Anthony Kidman had donated money to, that John Bell used to own, that, um, you know, all these people that Fiona has named as, um, you know, perpetrators were right in this area at the same time, um, you know, and she then, you know, creates this satanic ritual abuse clinic. Um, yeah, and, uh, you know, that's very interesting. It's dodgy. It's got a very bad reputation amongst survivors. You know, that's interesting to hear. I haven't heard many survivors. I looked at it and it, it offers a good service. I, I can imagine that they do help some people, but just from the connections already, Apart from that fire officer who walked in there non-suicidal and then committed suicide after being at Hill's Life. Yeah, and there's been allegations that satanic cult members... Just that one. There. Yeah, you know, there's been, you know, allegations that, you know, Satanists have been in, in there working there, infiltrating it. And, um, you know, some other interesting things like, you know, Liz Malinar was involved with the movie that was built, being filmed in Bathurst, which is a very small town, um, at the same time that... Fiona, you know, alleges that there was satanic ritual abuse there with, you know, notable people like actors involved in it, you know. So, you know, there's all these weird connections in there, you know, very close with the Kidman family, very close with other, you know, suspect people in the theatre and entertainment industry and other, um, you know, very close with other, you know, some of other, you know, um, you know, Fiona's perpetrators like John Bell and Bruce Spence, you know. So there's questions arise there. And, you know, Tim, like, you think, well, what do you think of Liz Malinar and Heal for Life? I have not directly been involved with Liz Malinar when I've removed the diaries from Asker's safe. So I have had reports, and as you, some, some are favourable, and, and some are more of an understanding that my way of counselling would have been a whole lot better for them than. than other uh, than her particular type she yep. chose yep. um being counseled by someone who's actually been abused is a whole lot more powerful than someone who's actually decided that this is going to be um my gift to the earth and i'm going to do this sort of work <laughs> that's interesting too because at university and through the australian psychology you know board they promote the notion that uh, victims can, should never work with victims and that's ridiculous because really I don't know anyone, I don't know, I've never met anyone who understands the, you know, MK Ultra mind control, military mind control and ritual abuse like I do. I mean, really, I couldn't find one person on this planet who could ever support me. I had to do my plan, my own therapy, really, and just call every now and then I met someone who had a little bit of courage for a little while to take me another step. I just need someone to hold my hand. But I planned it all. That no one knew what was going on. Yeah. And because and because, you know, our universities are infiltrated. So, you know, what Tim says. I, I think that's what we've got to come back to, Steve, that I believe these people and um, 
I'll give you an example, but you know, it's not something that I share too often. But I was, I, I had a plant on me up at the early beach. I have all the time. I've actually disgusted. We had, we had a plant following. When I first met Tim, can I just say, we had a spook on our trail. And then, and then he comes over my house about a week ago or something. And then I get all these oh, mysterious calls, you know, where no one talks to me at the end of yeah. thing. And I didn't answer most of them, but suddenly my home phone number that nobody ever uses and nobody knows the number of, and I've had a silent number for 14, 15 years, starts ringing. So I'm just saying, Tim, Tim brings a lot of interesting <laughs> characters on board. Yeah. But it's this, yeah. Who's the spook that was at a, up at the beach? I've got I've got a situation where I'm going to have a crack at the Governor General. <laughs> <laughs> he might have been the ones that didn't put in FBG's training. <laughs> didn't even have the house for FBG training. My mates are dead. Right, I'll have a crack at you. <laughs> no, he, there's just, there's, there was a um, sting put out there to try and... Because um, I was well and truly not lucid. No way. Not, not at all. I was completely scattered by all the energy that was fighting me. da 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 and I've got cops doing buddy wasting taxpayers' money and resources on the innocent, on the non-criminal, <laughs> but it happens, right? <laughs> you want a Royal Commission, that's where you go. Mm. The Royal Commission into police wastages of police sources, police hours, taxpayers' money against the innocent. <laughs> well, setting up VIP victims, you know. Yeah. So getting back to what I understand a little bit more, um, I understand evil like this, Steve. People like Liz Mullina had evil in them, no doubt. All right? It's just that energy that's actually there that is probably not allowing the individual as an individual mind to perceive what they truly want to receive, perceive. But the fact is that they actually have an energy that's moving through them and controlling yeah. that direction and outcome. That makes sense? Makes sense to me. And there are some you know, scientific studies which can even, you know, say a lot you know shed a lot of light on that but just in our all of our own experiences um what anyone can understand you know when they might see or perceive to see you know someone who's evil you can get that sense just looking at their eyes you get that feeling of just being around them you oh that's weird we can all feel it if we tune into it you know if, if we choose to you watch their eyes switch like that oh, you uh, can see their and, eyes and, and if you've actually been through that the first thing we're going to do i'm not you know big tough boy you know had to keep tough <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I did go out of the army and have to go soft. I had to keep tough. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what's interesting? One point that you've made to me in the past, which is that your ability to dissociate that you learned as a child came in handy in the selection process for the SAS. The ability to dissociate from pain is probably one of the key attributes, isn't it? When you're going through their training. Oh, I think I've no doubt that every individual actually has the ability to condition himself or be conditioned but you know the pain pain's covered by the brain you've got dopamines and endorphins that'll kick in and make it a lot easier you just got to keep yeah. pushing yourself yeah. and that's what pain is and i um and people don't realize that uh psychological pain registers in the brain as uh as physical pain and it does like we feel it as when we've got ptsd we feel it as physical pain and that's what people don't understand. You know, they can, they see someone lying on the street smashed up by a car accident and, you know, they go, oh, well, they wouldn't sit over there and go, oh, look, it's all in your head. Yeah. You know, create your own reality, make it all go away, focus on the positive, forget the past, get on with life. You wouldn't do that to someone smashed up in a car accident, but you, they do it to us. 
They do it to us all the time, you know, and they withhold treatment from us. There's just not enough understanding of it because they all want to deny the fact that, you know, mind control exists, that you know, multiple personalities exist and that, you know, you can't recall memories so it didn't happen. I mean, once we get past that, we can really start helping victims. And I, I reiterate that this whole false memory syndrome foundation, which is started by pedophiles in America. Oh, yeah. And that's a, that's a fact. That's a documented fact. Got, you know, one of the fellows was quoted in a uh, Padika or pedophile magazine in uh, the Netherlands as saying, you know, pedophilia is a great life choice. So the, this, he's, he's one of the key founders of the False Memory Foundation. Now, the people who, who pushed this false memory stuff, where it started was with the Wood Royal Commission. And you've got the government hired. I started that. <laughs> <laughs> You had to ask him, but yeah, yeah, the actual court case, because it was not sent to the ombudsman, and he actually proved that I was um, falsely arrested. The only thing he didn't prove out of the whole thing was there was a sexy force. Now, the sexy force that they proved it, well, then the submachine guns would have come out again, you know, so falsely arrested and conspired against. Now, you know how I found out the conspiracy? Not many people know this, because not many people know about the court case. Every incident statement, when you turn the pages, the T, like that, has a printer error which makes it like that. I'm just looking around, we got every T is like this in each statement. <laughs> I'm shouting the barrister, and he's going, oh, oh, How did that happen? Because they met in um, Penrith, that's why they conspired against me. All of them were completely different groups. There was the bomb squad, there was the military police, there was the tactical response group, now called the state protection group, because I changed that. Um, Normal police and um, who else was Feds? there? No, Feds oh. weren't there. Right. So all of those individuals decided in their own wisdom that they would get together and make sure we got the right story. But someone didn't check the printer. <laughs> and so you're saying that that you could detect the conspiracy it was obvious. The, it was obvious. Because all the because all the documents, the, the independent, independent documents, have the same typo yeah. in it. Yeah, wow. Yeah, that wouldn't <laughs> surprise me. I mean, it's so easy to can you know to hide a conspiracy in those. But that comes so, back to being one of the abuse kids. Yeah. Where they decide it's criminal record time, right? And of course, I fought it. In mm. one. And abuse kid. Who's an adult who's on his head, I can guarantee you I've got no idea what happened during that trial. <laughs> but, didn't, you, didn't you end up on in a scuffle with some guard or something? No, nah, that, that was back to my I pushed past him and hit his, oh, right. hit his ankle pistol. <laughs> oh, right. oh, wow. Well, the worst, you know, you start trying these things out, you never know, worn an ankle pistol in the, in the military, you know, but when you're playing in the West, you get to have those sort of luxuries. So there's only a few people sort of, you know, ended up being covert. So we would um, tap their ankles and make sure they knew that pistol was there. I didn't say the McNamara when I came out, just got natural. <laughs> <laughs> He's hollering yeah. away and the barrister's going, what's going on? It's like obviously now he's a killer, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, everyone knows he is now, jeez. Uh, okay, so just to clarify regarding the Wood Royal Commission, so that was a, a big investigation a government, state government investigation in New South Wales into a Sydney-based pedophile ring involving VIPs, and that's the pedophile ring that Tim and I were victims of, and that involved all these people we've been talking about, but it involved 
um, a lot of, you know, a lot of journalists and police and, and so forth. And but it involved, it was focused very much on ritual abuse and a lot of mind control stuff. And I know a lot of victims now uh, who who uh, testified to the Woodrow Commission and it involved Hillsong Church as well. Oh, so you like, somebody got college. Yeah. That, I was there. Yeah. He's been everywhere, man. So, no, I actually put so, um, two statements about the youth leader up there, of the, uh, the first Bible college that was actually in Katoomba for um, Pentecostals. Mm. Right, so I was an actual youth leader. <laughs> Had my little ranger badge and all this sort of thing. And for yeah. those that know out there, I've got the maternity camping badge as well. I to be, you know, I'm, I'm joining the army. I've got all these things happening already. <laughs> you know? I'm trying to have some fun in the horror. That's what I'm it's, trying to he's do. He's already <laughs> highly qualified within the pedophile hierarchy. Yeah, so, his little badges. So my father took us there because um, the Baptist church bounced him. Right? The Salvation Army bounced him to the Baptist. And the Baptists bounced into the Pentecostals, mm. right? Because they're trying their best to try and, you know, keep their kids safe. And I understand that, you know. And there's been a lot of people who have actually done a lot of work mm. to make this safe for kids. Because if they didn't, mm. it, it'd be just a madness, just a nightmare. So, They'd just be picking the kids off the street and raping them in front of you. And that's how much they think they're entitled. Well, that's what they did. That's what Hillsong did to Helen, uh, a little girl who is supposedly a cold case, but not not at all. A family have testified to two royal commissions now that she was actually taken off the street in front of a house by the youth leaders from Hillsong Church. And uh, these two children um, testified in court and to the royal commission that um, they witnessed her being ritually sacrificed by Hillsong Church members. So that was that's. That was when back when Frank Houston had started it and he was actually a pedophile charged and committed suicide over it. And Scipione uh, attended his funeral. So New South Wales yeah. Police Minister Scipione. Oh, he's, he would happen to attended be you know, the best friends of the, you know, the top Masons in Australia. Scipione. Oh, and he's, Scipione's supposed to be this Baptist Christian yeah, and whatever, yeah, yet yeah. he's attending Frank yeah, Houston's yeah. funeral. He goes to all the Masonic events, but. You know, about Hillsong too. Now, oh, I found a lot of people in certain organisations involved in the Hillsong Church. I, I'm in contact with current victims of the Hillsong Church. So yeah. there's one, one young lady was prostituted from the age of 2 to 22 at Hillsong, the current Hillsong location. Um, and I know of other people who, yeah, abused through Hillsong. Disgusting. Okay, there was, no, there was no Hillsong. There was no Hillsong in um, the Assemblies of God. There was a hill. Mm. When did they put the name? When did they do the cha name change? And did they do a family name change? Because they have done a family name change, and it's Hill, the latest running the show. I think he's pretty dirty. Mm. Definitely. I mean, what's with all these churches and organisations coming up? And it turns out that the leader's always a pedophile. I mean, are they the head of the pedophile? Yeah, that's what they get posted to. Yeah, the level, I mean, next level of incompetence. I mean, <laughs> I mean that, that's just crazy. I mean, on every it's church, say, if, if we didn't have people fighting behind the scenes all this time, yeah. they would still be your right to just grab a child and rape them in front of you. Yeah. you know? So it's like, we are doing the work where these people start to learn and, there are consequences. And then you've got these Christian groups supporting the false memory movement, which was started in Australia by Royal Commissioner James Wood, because in his concluding report regarding the Royal Commission, he denied all the evidence that I've since uncovered and all the witnesses that I've since spoken to, many, many of them, and um, said, well, 
ritual abuse and, you know, Satanism and uh, Luciferianism and, you know, child trafficking at this highest level and, uh, you know, anything to do with, you know, military mind control, anything doesn't exist. It's all the it's all the product of hysterical women. It's all women who come forward with these claims and uh, overzealous therapists, you know, and <laughs> the amount of evidence he emitted. And then he quotes to support his report. He qu quotes the work, a book written by Elizabeth Loftus. At that stage in, in the day, back in the uh, mid-90s, Loftus had only written one book and done one or two research papers involving 30, you know, female psychology students over in America and whether or not they remember a car driving by on a video, you know. And so somehow, somehow you generalise that that stupid little with a N equals 30 study to, yeah. to people like Tim and I to say that, it's possible for us to fabricate these memories or for someone to just suggest something and then, oh, we, we suddenly remember it because yeah. someone suggested it. They no. implant memory just through suggestion. No, That's, it's impossible. And who would have thought that the government investigating itself would basically use this to protect itself? I mean, in all the cases that people have come forward and they mentioned ritual abuse or mind control or child sex trafficking, at some point the government plays a big role in being involved in it or either enabling it somehow. How do, you, how, do you, how do you do that when the Australian public voted the top FM into the top job? Yeah. Now, now <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not pulling your eyes over this one. I'm giving you the facts, right? This mug has walked out after the first spill, before the county's been taken, right? All excited, walks up to Bilby, we'll call him, <laughs> and throws out his left hand on national TV, only shown once on the ABC, as usual. <laughs> you right? Yeah. right? So what happened there is that he's actually got to a point now where every Freemason in Australia, or every FM in Australia, is absolutely horrified that he's just done that. And then you've got the international FMs who are just stupefied <laughs> who is why do we let him get to that position where yeah, he gets the neck head? the number one rule and then, is, ah, yeah. and then he takes he heads off to england to do his i will speak to the ladies um you know talk and i'll bring myself into some sort of alignment that i, I can talk to women right he's not doing that for that the fms are kicking his ass and going you're a <laughs> you are a up mm. and you need to do the penance <laughs> go and talk to women yeah <laughs> <laughs> A misogynist pig being told to go talk to women. Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> because the number one rule we know is there is no fight club. There is no fight club. There is no fight club. Now, that left-handed that left-handed handshake um, indicates the left-handed path, which is what we refer to. Well, left-handed path is also to do with Luciferianism because all human sacrifices are committed with the left hand within Luciferianism. So that's, it's referred to as a left-handed path, hence the left-handed handshake is linked to that. So, yeah, well, that explains um, it a bit. But what, we didn't, what yeah. we didn't say, oh, there's lots of little tidbits like that, but what we didn't say was that Commissioner Wood, who was employed to do this job by the government to investigate this pedophile ring in, in Sydney that we were victims of, VIP pedophile ring, was actually a perpetrator and a member of that same yeah. pedophile ring. He raped Dean Henry as a child and Dean Henry placed that, and other people have said this about Wood, but Dean Henry 
actually is a good example because he's got evidence. He's got his Royal Commission statement that was made in prison by the Royal Commissioners and they typed out a transcript. Yeah. There's a n reference number on it, etc., etc., and that's been published. That's been had, that, that was the actual um, Royal Commission that started from the 91 trial for the police corruption and the police corruption was also attached with my brother's statement about my father and his mates back then. He did that at 18, so that's close to 30 years ago now, right? So his story there, your story, all got mixed up in this bloody corruption inquiry that 4,000 police officers took amnesty for. Mm. <laughs> they weren't good boys. Mm. <laughs> it was basically the whole entire Sydney police force. So they, they just basically covered up way. the first Royal Commission mm. in the child abuse was pretty much squashed by yeah. all that. And that's when my brother started deteriorating a lot physically because he just couldn't get hurt. Exactly. And I mean, the allegations against, you know, James Wood, very interesting there. I bet, you know, it wasn't just one potentially dodgy dodge, uh, judge. It was the whole judiciary who were alleged to be a part of... Oh, yeah. All the lawyers. Yeah, a whole, a whole bunch of top lawyers. A whole bunch of judges. I mean, you got, saying, you know, final, you got Murphy. Kids, you know. Yes, Murphy was my perpetrator. Kirby has been named as picking up kids from Darlinghurst. It was all over the press because Bill Heffernan named him and then had to retract it. That's um, why but, I got a seat with the New South Wales Crime Squad because I said to him, check out the magistrates in the 90s who committed suicide. They're all connected. Mm. Yeah, yeah, there's something to that. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, that, that's how you take over a country if you, if you know they're doing it to blackmail the judiciary. I mean, people don't understand, like, you know, the legal system, the judges, they form part of one of the branches of government. It's a very powerful organisation. You control just one part of the government like that. You can take over the whole thing. That's the beauty of coming back to the positive. The judiciary in my day wanted this. They yeah. wanted to smash them. Right? They'd been so, they just hadn't found someone to actually link up from the bottom up to actually get them to a point where they can go, we can do this this time. And they yeah. did. You know, the judiciary, there's a lot of retirements happening in that judiciary before that Royal Commission was called. Ultimately, it comes back to understanding that for myself, as much as I've been through so much horror, I'm, I'm still capable of mentally balancing that out and understanding that you know, there's positives here. I mean, I went through a court trial and nothing to do with my life. <laughs> in the meantime, I'm living on a tropical island in which Sunday's flying in and out. Sounds pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, where do you go when you actually kick seat into the government's place? <laughs> what, you got to run and fight? No, you got to buy and buy and hang out with the others. So I think my story, I'd like to get that connected. You know, all the positives that actually came out of it from the work I was doing to actually keep alive and Keep the, keep the voice being heard. So if I can get... really like pioneered the work. No one had the courage to come forward and say what had happened to them and um, get involved with the police and the legal system as well as it, not, you have I'm done. Sure the owner's done the it's same not. thing too. And James Shanahan. James Shanahan was one of Yeah, this should be um, a blueprint for what people should do if you're a victim of VIP sex trafficking, ritual abuse, or mind control on that level. Tell everyone, go go to the police. You know, they're, they're not. Yeah, they believe. You yeah. Go public. Yeah. Name names. Go public. Name yeah. names. Well, I've got friends popping up now from the release of the Alan Jones article last week, and they're popping up. But now I need them, right? They're popping up. So I don't go into people's lives unless I feel like I can protect you. 
right? So separation is a lot easier for me to do <laughs> than trying to be with everybody to protect them, okay? So I've played, played that out of stadium. My friends know that. They've slept, they haven't seen me for years at times, right? But they love me, they're my fingers. And, you know, as someone who's been through this, I'm wrapped to know that I've got a house to go to anywhere I like with those people. Safety. And I'm just safe, right? Because this is it. This is... You know, to help. Yeah, sorry, Fiona, you go on. Oh, I'm just saying that really you're living almost on the run, aren't you, sort of thing from these people. Yeah, I have two addresses. You know, like he's... <laughs> I paid two lots. Like when, when I... I, I, I Somehow I contact I contacted you, didn't I, Tim? And then I think it was only within a week or something I get a phone call, and you were miles and miles and miles away. And then I get a phone call all of a sudden, and it's like, it's Tim, I'm here, let's meet up, you know. And he'd, he was suddenly like, you know, down my way, and I and I uh, and that's how he works. You don't know where he is. He just pops up out of the out of the, out of the bushes. <laughs> I've been doing this for 15 years, yeah. mate. I've had a lot of practice. <laughs> I know I, I have a lot of bush camps, I too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They never find. Well, as long as you're safe and you know how to take care of yourself, uh, anyway. Essentially, as someone's been through this, you need to have that. You need to have that concept that you're capable of achieving safe places. Whereas I've had to stay put because I've got a couple of kids that I've had to try and maintain some sort of stability and. That's I haven't been. Well, I've had to run a lot of times, but I'm tired of running now. And that's the thing. Uh, victims don't need to run anywhere. Uh, I mean, they should always be careful with who they name if they're not 100% sure. You guys are 100% sure. I mean, it, it, our, our systems are failing. And, you know, when injustice becomes law, resistance becomes duty, the, the famous quote, you know. And that should be taken on board here because every Royal Commission has failed. Every legal inquiry has failed. Every police investigation is ultimately doomed because there's someone at the top. But that's the, the beauty. I'm, I'm, not allowed, I'm not allowed to go to court. One thing I'm allowed to go to court with, I've got mental health issues, right? Mm. Yeah. And My evidence is staunch until that point. Yeah. <laughs> Guess but, what? But the they can't is... take me to court either. Or I'll teach you all this. Mm -hmm. Anyone pulls you into a court and you don't think this is a fair situation. You name your pedophiles every time you ask the question. And I'll guarantee you, you your court case will finish. <laughs> <laughs> but you have yeah, to. Just... I think it's, it, it's the ethical thing to do if you firmly believe and know that you're a victim. Well, what do you do? Because there's nothing else that will get anything done. Oh, nothing they, else they, is they working. They get charged with contempt, but that's all right. We're no, being... that, that keeps the juice going. We're, 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 you know, we've resorted to doing this because the police are not helping us. I haven't heard from my detectives for months and months now about my case they've raided the house that my um grandparents abused me in and people were murdered and all this sort of thing but they didn't do a thorough job of that the neighbors came over and told them um oh you need to look at this address that i've witnessed what this woman said here here and here but have they done a have they done a good enough job well the immediate detective in charge is is honest a good cop and then i find out the one up up the top who's responsible for the whole case, turns out is writing dodgy reports that keep kids housed with pedophiles and being raped for their last four years. Innocent parents are losing their kids to the system, the family court system, etc., etc. So, and Tim's, I'm just waiting for a report to come out from Southern detectives going, oh, no, we can't do this because uh, Fiona's, I don't know, in, in the past uh, had PTSD, um, even though I'm integrated now and my, my symptoms are very mild compared to most victims, 
And Fiona, um, oh, what is it? Because more recently, not in the earlier part of my journey, most recently um, there was EMDR used. And then Tim, I read Tim's, the reasons why the, the police dropped the case, the charges against Jones and all his cronies, is because, oh, Tim had EMDR. Now, EMDR actually works. It yeah. actually works. Yeah. But because Tim had it, that's so what's going to happen to my case? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I was reading my future email. This is the it's, you know, it's, CIA's false memory program out oh, again. It yeah. just stops yeah. everything up, you know? Yeah. You, you ask anybody who's actually managed to find a therapy technique that works. And if you want to understand if that... <laughs> you want to understand <laughs> if that is actually a functional therapy for you, there's only one answer. And the person will come back and go, I feel relief. That amazing shut the head up. I've actually had a win. I don't need to keep doing loops or satters or jumbles over this anymore. You know, it's just that understanding of the presence of madness and trying to have your truth be heard to move into a point of it's been heard. People accept it. I get relief. Relief. And you really want people like myself having relief than being dysfunctional from PDS um, mm. symptoms kicking in and everything like that. So that, that's therapy. Um, Speaking of pain, Tim's been doing this interview having just had a tooth removed from an abscess yesterday and all his... Yeah. You know, I'm, 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 I'm sort of... I used to be symmetrical. <laughs> 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 I now have a, have a... What would you say? And then flanked the right side of myself. <laughs> well, you're soldiering on, Tim. You're doing a bloody great job. And like, it's kind of comedy, uh, Steve. That's my that's my deal. That's why I'm taking my relief. Yeah, I'm, oh, that's I'm, great. I'm going to chuck myself on a cruise ship, and yeah. I'll tell them all now. It'll be in October on a comedy cruise. So if you want to throw me off, <laughs> I'll be there. Now that just diffuses it. You see what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. They're yeah, going to come absolutely. anywhere near me now because I told them where I'm going to be. All these people who who do these things to people like you, Tim, <laughs> and Fiona. They're just pathetic. I mean, it's horrible what they did, but I mean, there's something so wrong and, and so pathetic that we need to laugh at them. They're so BMO, you know why? Yeah. Because every one of them that I've ever found out or dealt with or from myself or others, they're missing one part of their human structure. That, you know, where are we? Well, you were talking about body parts, and I started thinking yeah. about what they all have in common is a very small penis. Yeah, well, that, probably that too. But <laughs> I can see the headlines: Bob Hawke has tiny penis. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you're saying? I'm not. I'm not connected to that. <laughs> the thing I found with these people is that they were the losers in high school. They sucked yeah. at everything. No one liked them, yeah. and they yeah. just resorted to being yeah. their whole yeah. life. And, and, and they thought they were taught to be bullies all the way through. What? Yeah. Come <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're just—they're just people, and they suck at life. You're getting it. You're getting it. But they're people because they've never been able to maintain an actual capacity to find out what they can achieve at each of those levels. They just never know. Yeah. Why pass a mere man? Yeah. There's nothing special about That's them. They are fucking. And if you're working in an office and haven't got a hard day pushing your body, well, go and join a gym because people some, are going to watch you. Some of my past like to dress up in women's clothing, so I don't know what that is. I don't know how Bill Shorten gets away with raping. Hey, I'm not in that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I definitely think Bill Shorten did something very wrong. 
We're getting rid of the popular vote. This guy nearly became Prime Minister. <laughs> Listen to me. I've got the answer. Get rid of the popular vote and you vote people on academic level. We get professors and associate professors into the cabinet that actually know their job what, and what? their alignment. Now, hang on, Tim. What you mean, like Paul Wilson, who's up on multiple pedophile charges, well, but, uh, professor uh, of criminology? I don't go for that. That's not... <laughs> Who's Paul Wilson anyway? Paul Wilson is um, the head of criminology and forensic psychology at Bond University. Oh, he's a cop? No, criminologist. He was replaced by a cop. So he's a professional. He's a, he's a yeah, professor. yeah. A lot of these academics are pedos. I think. I think. I think we should run for parliament. Seriously, if, if we're going to <laughs> swamp down with all this sort of thing, where it's going, you know, this person, this person, this person, this person, this person, I don't want nothing to do with it. I want to deal with my three. Yeah. I'm sick of fucking names coming in left, right, and centre. Five. <laughs> They're dead. Two are dead. Oh, oh yeah. Right. <laughs> They're under surface. Right? Yeah, yeah. I don't want to be caught up in that. I can't afford to. Yeah. All my life, I've been credible. All my life, as I've said, has that evidential backup. Right. right. So I understand that that's part of what you feel, but I am, to be honest with you, have no connection to the evidence of that. Oh, yeah. I've found my evidence. That's why I can say these individuals are doing this. Right. So yeah. I need, you know, we need to pull back a wee bit and just go, Hang on, you know. Not that the fact that they haven't done it, and not the fact that we don't need to expose it, but I'm living with an understanding that I'm dealing with three. Mm. And once they're gone, I'm going to do comedy and cruising. <laughs> I'm going to have a life. Right? If you want to bring out 20 people after that, that's fine. But let's just focus on 20. Oh, if if I can 20. get a result here, you can get a result with the 20. That's how I see it. Yeah, All right. right? So we put our energy only into these three, three names, three pluses, one, two, three, mm. and we go from there. Mm. I, I count for 10 years for nothing, right? So mm. uh, I, they gave me a pension. I feel guilty about it. <laughs> mm. I spent that on people who were who abused. I ran around the country telling people, get a testimony. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why I'm being engaged into this, but every person I'm finding out that wants to talk to the abuse story to me, get testimonies. And that's what got us the Royal Commission. We were safe because I had 10 people who knew my story and they just written a testimony going, get the pass. So yeah, I'm mucking yeah. around. So my world, I get bounced from the Royal Commission straight to the sector I'm muted. So none of this can come out yes. <laughs> until now. Yeah. And you, you reckon Gordon Moyes committed suicide because you... Oh, I, just, I just say he deceased himself. I don't know how he did it. Oh, well, deceased himself. Right. I'm going to be evidential, and I think yeah. we all need to say words that actually prove that what you say right, is so, true. So, by coincidence, Tim goes to the police, makes his testimony, and then suddenly Gordon Moyes is found dead. Oh, that's just a coincidence. It's the same yeah, situation with Anthony Kidman. You know, no, it's not a coincidence. He deceased himself because my energy was coming. It's like Anthony, Anthony Kidman was dead within, what, about six they weeks? They of natural causes. I remember back yeah. 16 years ago and read the diaries about how good, how good I was at what I did. Anthony Kidman <laughs> fell off the balcony in Singapore. No, wait, he fell down the stairs. No, wait, he had a heart attack. Oh, hang on, Anthony's supposed to kill himself in front of them and the younger daughter, wasn't it, on the table? Oh, uh, Oh, no one really. Anyway, knows. when it comes to Antonio and Kidman, I'll say this. 
Each time I was raped and brought into the area prior to going onto the street, which is a, always been a little bit of a hallway and, and there was a little room there, there was always someone, but see, I'm small, I'm tiny. I'm tiny even when I'm fucking 14, you know, I'm four foot 11 <laughs> in year 10. <laughs> yeah, where were we? Um, every time you were something about a hall, Anthony Kidman. Yeah, any any time I went into those places, I was on my face on LSD. They gave me a sweetie, and they laced it with LSD. Went into the room, black and white squares. Course of the LSD turned into mm. kaleidoscope of colours. And this is where Tim's special, right? Because I had an angel in the corner. I don't know if you want to understand it this way, but a child needing protection from all these fucking crazy men around them, the angel was there. And that's my story. Every time I went straight to the angel, my body went through whatever went through, my mind didn't accept it actually had happened, and I walked out in the sun and I was a special boy again because I wasn't saying Freemasons out of turn. You were saying something about Kidman though. Well, like I say, we, everybody who did this sort of. Um, regards to uh, mind control and, and, and um, hypnosis before you went into the real world. Well, to me, it was a tall, skinny bloke. So that's all I can say, right? And if that's a description of Antonio Kidman, good luck to him. Because yeah. I'm, I'm totally honest, and the only people I actually know that did these things is because I have had reactions which have sent me dysfunctional. If you see them, you're triggered by them. Is that what you're saying? That's the difference of knowing from memory. Memory is a one aspect. It's your eyes and what it sees. If you want to go and fight these people and understand who they are, you have to ask your mind to let you know what information happened there. Now, your mind has scope of everything. And that's why it's so difficult to unscatter it all because your mind is not your memory and your mind will always overpower your memory. But your memory's the one they're going to take to court. Yeah, yeah. And that's the one they don't want coming up in memory. So now we're getting logged. Now you're going to have a problem with psychiatrists. You have a problem with psychologists. You have a problem with everybody because they've just been conditioned to understand we have to get their memory to be able to expose the truth. It's never going to happen. Not if you've been brainwashed and got LSD. Who's going to believe you got a memory when you've been smashed on LSD all your life? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, my first reaction that really messed my world up was um, Roger Clemson. Okay, on news. Now, when I saw Roger Clemson on the news, my little brain saw a monster. And I just went, I'm in guard duty, I'm dressed for guard over the west. All right, regular thing Tim gets to do. <laughs> okay. I'm supposed to go to a housewarming party, right? It's my housewarming party. I'm on guard duty, okay? Fine. You know, suck at the sea, wear it. He's come on, the monster head's come on, off taking the duty vehicle with the largest keyring you've ever seen of all weapons and, uh, and explosives in the armory of the Western Australian Coast. The nuclear bombs. <laughs> and I turned up to the party going, and they're all, you know, they're all my senior instructors. They're all looking at me like, what are you doing, dude? <laughs> you're in full dress uniform, and now you're chatting to, you know, the psych nurse in the spa. And I'm going, 
And they wouldn't berate me because they had their women there and they honour their women in that sort of thing. It's just a bit scary when they go off. <laughs> so the phone berated me and I slept out, came back. And because I had a mate who actually went through um, Christian Brothers, we didn't know this about ourselves, but we knew that there was a safe place to be with each other. He was 10 years senior to me. Um, he covered my ass. I'm getting called in three days later to get a bollocking about turning up to the party. And I'm got a clue what they're talking about. Now that's reaction. Mm. Right. John Laws destroyed my counter-terrorist career. MP5, Jays, bang, bang, and once you see, lot better than the Link Cafe, I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> knows how to shoot, I am. <laughs> so Laws' voice comes on the radio, right? And I've just done a complete 180 degree turn, full loaded weapon, pointing at the stage safety officer. And he's going, hey, Tim, lower your weapon. Could you save to catch on? I can't put my safety catch on. I've gone bipolar. My head has got that fried from hearing that voice that I can't work out which is up or down. That's not bipolar. That's, bipolar. that's dissociative, isn't no, it? No, bipolar. Bipolar's left and right, up and down. Okay. Yeah. They, don't, they haven't actually got to an understanding of it, but if you live with it, you know it's pedestal, you know bipolar. Pedestal is black and white to grey. It's a different thing. Yeah. All right, so Jones came on the radio, and where was I? I was on sentry duty. Um, no, I wasn't. I was putting mortars up. And, you know, these individuals seem to get national airways for some reason. <laughs> His voice has come up, or a conversation about him could be just enough as well. So here I am, I mean, it's the, the elite of the elite, putting up mortars. You know, it's an extra digital skill. You don't get taught that, you know, unless you go to an infantry uh, battalion. So I'm putting up mortars, but I'm, I'm behaving like a five-year-old because the smell of, of the powder bags Give me more interest in the actual fucking how dangerous it is and put your fucking head out of the mortar chair, you know. So they picked that up off the sentry duty. So all the way, my reactions as such were documented by my father in the future, which I read, but also, where's, where, where's my officers? Where, where's my protection for my officers? Where, when are they going to get me some mental help if I'm pointing my weapon at the range safety officer? Yeah. How much more do you need? So I didn't get any mental health there either. So with the um, the events abuse tribunal, they probably won't call me because I won't have a crack at all of that. Uh, and that's coming up soon, is it? The defence abuse tribunal. Well, I was raped in the cadets, so they're going to call me for that. So I'm going to have to push to get into abuse and that. Well, I had the army. I, this is another thing. I had the army in its officers' world decide they were sent a Lieutenant from Human Resources or, or, or whatever, you know, Army army People Planning, whatever, and um, tell me I've got to get out of the Army. Who the f are you? You're a fucking. <laughs> you're a Lieutenant, what the f are you? We're going, oh, I only listen to a captain, I don't only listen to them much, you know. So <laughs> it's like, but that was my rock, that that's been the journey. See, they wanted me out then because they had already lined up the criminal <laughs> record. And they had all the resources there, but I fucked them up. And I always yeah. come up with resources. Yeah. Right. Now, now what, what people don't know is you were actually in the cadets from a very young age, weren't you? Yeah. I you were basically it. primed for the for the military. Yeah, I was I, I was their boy. 
Like I said, I've been in the firm if they didn't like, if they what, liked me. What age? Yeah. I've <laughs> forgotten everything. I've been in the firm. Tim, <laughs> what age did you begin in the cadets? Um, I started out at, I, I, I joined high school pretty early, so 12, I think. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So 12, 13 was my time with Dave Wallace. He's been binned and dead now. But um, I actually protected a young lad. Well, I spoke to my mate that I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in training. In, I'm in training as well. You know, do I have the push to, to you know, tell this person that this is unsafe for this young bloke over here? Yeah. Right? So I just told me, mate, he is fucking mad straight into the fucking guard room, and so it has to be documented. You know, that's why it's like they can't find this stuff, and I go, why? <laughs> it happens. Yeah. And then, how old were you when you entered the army? Um, I, I joined the army at uh, eighteen. Yeah. And how long were you in the SAS? Over the west. Yeah. Six years. From at what age? Well, the last year was completely redundant <clears throat> because I found myself from twenty-two to twenty-seven. And apart from the stuff I've told you. Mm. The reactions I'm having, my mind reactions, not my memory mm. reactions, my mind reactions that this person is fucking unsafe. Mm. You know, it's Tripping simple. You. That's that's the telltale. That's what you want in evidence. That's your court. Because if you saw me do a flippy thing now, you can say he did a flippy thing on this date. Da, 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 da. You know, that's our evidence back to these people. And they won't let us have it. You know why? Because they have to scrutinise Moises' bloody legislation. And I'm pretty sure that. I'm pretty sure they just want that to sort of fade away. <laughs> oh, they do. Yeah. It's like that song, There's a Hole in the Bucket. <laughs> it goes in a big circle, it always comes back, doesn't it? Yeah. Ralph Harris, in his day, had a television show where he used to do his art, but he also had a mascot who was around the same size bear as Humphrey B. Bear. Now, Humphrey B. Bear had the hat and the actual um, the vest Colourful bears, and he was a brown, black bear, you know, black, dark brown colour, right? Harris had Coogee Bear, named after the suburb, then where he lived, or whatever. Um, and I have a memory of being put into a room where the Coogee Bear costume is discarded and lying over there, and, and you know, I'm getting attacked. Now, my brother was taken away separate to me to that situation with Harris, right, with the Coogee Bear man. Okay, so he actually used to be avid, like I say, watch some people there, you know, oh, I did, you know, avid watcher. Came on that morning and he just bolted to the corner. I couldn't fix him. And I was nine years old, but he's seven, you know, so I couldn't fix him. So I actually went and got his, um, his little... Blanky when he was a kid, you know, where mum's kid, those things. I gave him that, you know, and that settled him down. But we didn't talk about it. And I know now why we didn't talk about it, because I just discovered that I went for that as well. He was protecting me from the trigger because he knew I didn't remember. And he's got the brain damage, unfortunately, because he did remember. He's like the owner. No dissociation. Just fucking deal with it, deal with it, deal with it. Memorise it and overwhelm, da 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 da. And John's world, well, the therapy and the medication he gave him has shrunk his brain. 
So, you know, as much as we have a giggle about these things, there's so many tragedies. tragedies. Body, 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 body.